Hello and welcome to 2017. We did it. We're here. It's another year. And this is episode 117 of Start the Beat with Sykes. What a coincidence. 2017, episode 117. Weird. Totally didn't plan that. Anyways, today on the show, we got a gentleman by the name of Hugh Twyman. I think that's how you pronounce his last name, Twyman. Not sure. I'm going to ask him when he gets here. Anyways, he's on his way over. He should be here in about 12 minutes or so, depending on how punctual he is. I don't really know him all that well, to be completely honest, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. I've met him in passing a couple times at different events. I know that he is a photographer, a blogger, and does a lot of coverage on the Pittsburgh music scene. And from the little bit of research that I have done on Hugh, I could see that he's been doing this for a really long time. I saw something as far back as 2008, I think, at least on his blog. Again, I only looked at it for a couple moments, so I could be ill-informed we'll find out lots of questions i like doing these introductions before the guest comes over and just letting the listener know how unprepared i am sometimes when it comes to these things but this is the first episode of the new year so gotta shake the dust off a little bit you know i have been talking to a good bit of people about episodes coming up this year and there is a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon for 2017 you can bet your bridges (laughs) I'm just kind of waiting for Hugh to get here he should be here in nine minutes but I'm not gonna make you wait that long how funny would that be if I just made you sit here nine minutes in silence while we waited for Hugh to show up and then you could hear the doorbell ring and then sit through all that I'm not gonna put you through that you know I do want to change up some things with the podcast this year But that probably won't be one of them. If you have suggestions, though, that are better than that, let me know. Post a comment on the Start the Beat Facebook page. It does exist. Shoot me a thing on Twitter if you follow me on Instagram or whatever. Just give me a call. Shoot me a text. Whatever. You know, let me know what you want to see or what you want to hear, I should say, on Start the Beat in 2017. And Hugh Twyman, I'm really hoping that's how you pronounce his last name, will be here in a minute. So until then, let's sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! All right, so Hugh, first question. Sure. How do you pronounce your last name? 
My last name is pronounced Twyman. Okay, good. I got it right. Why? Did it? Would you, did you think it was Twyman or something? No, I just wasn't sure. It's an unusual last name. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing a thing now where I'm recording the introductions to this before, like right before the guests come. Oh, uh, okay. So I was like, you know, today on the show I got Hugh... Twyman. I hope it's Twyman. I hope that's right. Is that so what you said? I, I, I got it right. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm not as dumb as I look. <laughs> Second thing uh, would be how what I was thinking about how I wanted to start this conversation because, you know, we've only met in passing a couple times right. and I don't know a whole lot about you, but a lot of people have recommended you to be on the show. Cool. Um, I was like, okay, well, who is this person? I do some research. Yeah, it cost, me, out, quite, know, it cost me quite a bit. <laughs> you've been doing a blog and uh, you know local photography and stuff. It seems like you've been doing this for a long time. I saw it as far back as 2008. 2004. So, yeah. okay. Even yeah. longer than what I, what I was able to dig up. Yeah, I've been doing it for, you know, as of this uh, taping, tw- over 12 years. And basically it started out, uh, you know, I would go to shows since I was uh, a little kid. Practically, I saw my first show in 1979. My dad used to take me to shows. What was your first show? The first show technically was uh, Steve Martin on um, the Wild and Crazy tour. But opening the show was John Sebastian of The Loving Spoonful. He did did an acoustic solo set, but uh, I guess Welcome Back Carter was... Uh, the theme song was huge. It was huge at the time. Oh, is that who did that? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was based, that was my first show. And then uh, a year later, he, I went to see the Eagles at the Civic Arena on the long run tour. And then, and this was all with my dad. And he took me to see Springsteen on the river tour. And then a couple more times, Springsteen and Bob Seger. So cool. Yeah, I got a love for seeing live music uh, early on through him. And then at some point, you know, I would go to, I would still start going to shows and um like local uh, shows local national it, yeah. you know it didn't matter you know whatever came through town and then I uh you know in the early uh late 90s I decided uh you know I wanted to kind of document them so I got a camera and then the early oddies I started taking pictures and uh 2004 I started with uh, the Hugh shows and basically it was a website and I would upload uh, my pictures there and stories and set lists and shit like that. And uh, then I moved to the blog in 2008. Okay. After four years of doing the just the normal uh, whatever uh, you know, website, I'd say, well, this is it might be easier with a blog. And stupid me wanted to differentiate the website with the blog, and I named the blog. Hushasredux.blogspot.com, which is like such a mouthful, you know. Yeah, and I was uh-huh. like, I was concerned, like, oh, nobody's going to find it. And uh, you know, Hugh Shows was such a unique name that it's like if you Google it, it just pops up. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think uh, I have any problem with that. <laughs> we were just talking about that before we started recording. Right. So the interesting thing about this is that you kind of were getting into using the internet to, you know, promote music right mm-hmm. around the same time that I was, cool. which was like in this unfortunate transition of like being a uh, Indiana Jones and having the ball chasing you. Right. It's kind of what it feels like where like, it's been just like nonstop since like things keep changing and like, you're tr- like trying to, I guess, like I, I, guess don't, I don't Indiana Jones isn't necessarily the, that's not the best analogy, but sometimes my brain just goes off into yeah. Bullshit. Like what do you th- what do you think? It's like a, a almost a chore 
to well, catch up. Not, with. not, yeah. Like that's kind of where I was going, but like this is kind of a thing where, you know, the internet. I guess the internet is just kind of becoming a thing that's new to being in people's pockets. Yeah, you know, and yes. uh, having uh, you know this capability to make a blog very easily, put things online very easily, make a this, presence. Yeah, like yes, and I was very, uh, I was very much aware of that and that if you if you look there's not too many especially at the time now and even still 12 years later there's not too many Pittsburgh music photography there's there's just not that much you not know what i mean not consistent not consistent but yeah there's some people have come and gone well, yeah and, i mean nothing it's like you get the people that kind of started up as like a project or people that want to get into photography and then you know Either they decide that it's not for them or they move into a different realm of photography. Right. Nobody – it's very rare for somebody to stick within the music scene from what I've experienced. Exclusively. Like yeah. I've never done weddings. I've never done <laughs> landscape. I've never done portraiture in a way. Uh -huh. You know, a couple band portraits. But I've, I have I just strictly wanted to do that and I wanted it to be content that was like just specific to that. And that's – I think that's one of the – the most uh, defining things about what I do is that, you know, I didn't veer off and as, as dabbled in concert photography. That's all I did. And I did a lot of it. So I did a lot of it. What was the thing that made you want to like document local shows? Was it just the lack of nobody else doing it and you having the ability to? No, it was a very specific thing. I Ooh. was, uh, the internet was, you know, I, I not that I was new to the internet, but I kind of was. I, you know, for some reason, uh, the internet, I, I'm thinking I was introduced to it in 98, but I really didn't get into it, uh, computers until, you know, 2000, 2001, two, around 2004 is when I started discovering this indie music. And b believe it or not, Misera Records you know, I was just gooning on the internet as many people did. And I discovered Misra Records and all these bands were like, wow, look at these bands like the Mendoza line and Centromatic. And, and I said to myself, I made I, one of the bands who, you know, they weren't on Misra Records, but one of the bands I discovered was uh, Songs Ohio. And the songwriter, Jason Molina, who eventually turned into uh, Magnolia Electric Company. And I never saw a picture of him performing. Uh, you know, I, I I remember looking. And I'm like, why isn't there a picture of this guy playing? You know, why? That's just crazy to me. So that was like the impetus to like, hey, you know, people should document this stuff. So I took it upon myself that I would do that. Not specifically him, but just Pittsburgh shows. You know, the, the nobody was doing it. Nobody was doing it at all. So I started doing it and and I did concentrate on the national shows like I wasn't I was kind of uh you know elitist towards local music cuz I thought you know you know there there's not that great there there wasn't that big of a scene at the time and I kind of poo-pooed the artists that were doing it mm -hmm. until I saw um Emily Rogers and I went to see Emily Rogers at the Quiet Storm and her band and her first CD release. And I was just like bowled over. I was like, this is so good. It was just like, like thunderstruck how, how much I enjoyed it and how I thought she was great. So from then on, I slowly but steadily started concentrating on Pittsburgh music. 
And it's just been the floodgates of talent have just gone crazy since then, you know? Yeah, I think that it's really easy to ignore any local art scene until you are able to find that one thing that pulls you into it. I, I would hope so. Like, I didn't think what happened to me was necessarily unique, but since it, it was such a personal thing for me, it was like, uh, you know, I still remember it vividly and I still appreciate it. Like, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if what, it wasn't for her specifically. What got you to go to that show? Do you, uh, do you yeah, remember? I, I was, I was, uh, <laughs> that's fun. That's a great question. Cause I've never thought of that is that I would go out to all these shows and I would, I, I would go see like, you know, a hundred shows a year. Sure. And uh, my wife at the time, who is still my wife, but uh, I wanted somewhere to take her so she could appreciate what I was, what I was into. And for some reason, why I thought the quiet storm, a coffee shop, uh, there were, uh, you know, maybe she, she would dig uh, Emily's style, which is not loud and bombastic. Um, that was the reason I actually went there just to go on a date with my wife. And, you know, I came out, you know, a, a changed man. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I think that kind of where I'm going to go into is, you know, people who aren't interested in local art mm -hmm. and which is unfortunately probably nobody listening to this episode right now. Right. But in the event that you are. Hello out there. Take a chance. Because you probably went into that event with very low expectations. Zero. And a lot of the time when people go to a local event, if they're not into the scene, you know, they might be having a friend dragging them out to a local event. And they have awful expectations or, you know, they're thinking it's going to be a bad time. Right. You know, well, or they're just not. I guess there's a difference between those two things. Right. The negativity of expecting to have a bad time will gonna, probably prevail. Yeah. But with yeah, with this is like just, uh, uh, but it's something that you can't force. Exactly, you know what I mean. It's like it, nobody was like, nobody was really putting a, a gun to my head saying, "Oh, you should do more local stuff." Nobody, because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, which I still don't. I don't care what anybody thinks, you know. And um, but I, it, it was just, it was just a weird thing. Now that you say that, it was. It just happened to, you know, coincide with the fact that I wanted to uh, take my wife out and have a good time. And, um, yeah, but if if you're going to go out and if you're going to, like, harumph about something, you're going to end up uh, winning the night in negativity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think to, like, if you're trying to build an audience, I say this all the time, if bands who are, like, well, I want to. I want to build an audience. I want to, um, you know, why? Why? Why aren't we getting popular? Well, first and foremost, you have to have a good product. You have to have music that people want to hear yeah, yeah. and want to go see and follow. I mean, I believe that's, you know, basically it. You have to have certain, you know, PR skills and you know. You know, promote yourself. Yeah, and, you, you have know. to play the game, but if you, you have don't... to play the game. But you have to have like some talent and yeah, some total. kick ass songs. You yeah. know. So, um, if if you if you're out and about, and if you're a stranger to a certain band, and it just clicks, and you're like, "Wow, you know, this is this is fucking awesome." That's what it's about. You know. I think it's. I just 
I think the thing that I struggle with the most is trying to connect with people who don't typically go to local events. You know, we meet a lot of people playing shows if we're, say, the one local support for the touring band that comes through. Yeah. And it's just, you. how many times am I going to hear, oh, you guys are from Pittsburgh, that's crazy. And, you know, I try to tell them, it's like, yeah, you know, we are from here. And mm-hmm. there's people around here that are even better than us. Yeah. That are playing shows all the time. No, you're but, you're, you're saying you've, hear, you've heard this when you're out of town. Or no, no. When, when we're playing in town, right? You know, to you know, a show. You know, uh, a tour, people. a touring band. Like we're okay. opening up for a a touring band at right. the Rex Theater. Yeah, in front of you know however many hundreds of people. Right. And people come up to us after a show, like you guys are from Pittsburgh. Uh, I had no okay. idea. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like yeah, we're from here. We play you know once a month. We know there's a lot of bands just like us playing all the time around here. Well, that's, that's come out, but that's the that's the job per se of the audience member to actually, uh, you know, if they're if they're surprised. No, I don't know. I, yeah, like how you're saying, how do I get? How do you get your music out there to people who have no idea who you are? I mean, or not necessarily even my music, just getting people to be more interested in going out to, you know, yeah. local events. Yeah. Because there's still that stigma. Like, there oh, is. it's a local event. Like, uh, yeah, it's not going to be that good. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's and like, I... uh, like there's not going to be that many people there. Well, it's like, well, if you bring some friends and your friends tell their friends, you know, it's like yeah. you got a domino effect it. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to be there if nobody comes. But there's no magic formula. Yeah, there's there no ma- There's no secret. I think, I think the, um, the, the, the popular, the plethora of festivals now. These, like, it's just amazing to me that all these festivals are happening in Pittsburgh, and they're mainly local music. So I think, uh, well, let's go down to uh, the Deutschland Music Fest and see what's up, and just walk around. You know, a lot of people down there. Oh yeah, are not hardcore music fans. No, not at all. Local music fans. They're just something to do, and they might discover. Wow, look at you know, listen to this band, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think and, and not just Deutschtown, you know, with the, the other ones that are happening, Strip District and uh Rant and you know, now Millville Music Festival. I think that's that's a huge opportunity for people to, you know, discover something. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that, you know, we battle is just people's time. Yeah. That's a thing too. It's like we're so invested in this because this is our lives. Right. The casual person that might go to one show a month—that's not their life. Absolutely, right? <laughs> you know, or, or right. If they're gonna t- if they're gonna use their free time on a weekend mm-hmm. to do something. You right. know, if it's you know, am I gonna take my wife out to dinner? Do I gotta take my kids somewhere? Do I have to go to Lowe's and buy something to fix that thing that's broken in the house? Right. Or right. go to this show with bands I've never heard of? Right. It's like, uh, right. Okay, yeah, I get yeah. it. We, we get it, and, and, and it's <laughs> funny because I work with you know people who 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 know me as you know my alter ego is Hugh shows, and they're like, oh, you, and the, and I'm always telling them, oh yeah, I'm taping a TV show tonight. Oh, who's on it? And they're they're like being nice, but <laughs> they're just not interested. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm having a show. Oh yeah, who's who, who is it? Maybe maybe I'll stop up. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, man. And then Monday morning, <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck were you? Uh, uh-huh. You know, <laughs> sh- sh- you know, I couldn't make it. So so like, what all are you doing now? Just so I can make sure I'm fully aware of, of what... the spectrum of work right. that you are putting out into the world and what you're contributing. <laughs> 
well, contributing. Well, with the blog, I, I, you know, I was doing a whole lot of concerts for a couple of years in 2000. You know, it started in 2004 with the website. 2008 started with the blog, and like 2012, um, I I saw like 250 bands. That's a lot of bands in that year alone. You know, yeah. And the, a couple times I saw seven bands in one night. That's a that's a lot. You know, f- five different venues. So I was I was loving it. Believe me, I was like, this was great. But then, um, you know, I kind of slowed down and. I'm still doing the blog. I, I, you know, I, I concentrated on the interviews on the blog called First Last, and it's just a set of questions I came up with that are real easy to send. <laughs> that's, that's the key. It's like I just send these questions, and the musicians send them back via email. So I have like a 1,000 of them uh, you know, over the years. And uh, you know, that's slowing down because I pretty much... you know. N- there's a lot of bands in Pittsburgh that I haven't done, of course, but I've done a lot of bands. So sure, that's slowing down. So um, a couple years ago, I wanted to uh, help out. Uh, you know, I put on a couple shows. I did the Eid shows; those were fun in 2014. I mm. was doing the blog for 10 years, so I wanted to celebrate. So I was going to have a festival of my own. Actually, I went to. I live by the West End. I live in uh, in the city by the West End by Green Tree. And I went down to the West End community, and I'm like, hey, let's have a festival. Let's have a West End festival. And the, the business owners down there, for some reason or, not, or another, they hate each other. <laughs> they just don't get along. And I'm like, hey, do you want to have a festival? Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds good. Why don't you talk to that guy over there? All right, hey, do, do you want to have a festival? That guy's in. Uh, talk to that guy. And then after about five different uh, you know, business owners, I'm like, Forget this, man. I don't want to waste my energy on this. So instead, I had little festivals, and I was going to do them all over the city in unique places. And I was going to, you know, have them once a month with three bands in just different places. But uh, one of the places I went to was Ides. And I said, Hey, uh, are you interested in having a concert here? And they were like, Well, we just built a stage on the third floor. And nobody's used it. And I'm like, well, that's perfect. You know, I can I can bring in an act or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so the first one worked out so well that I'm like, you know, let's just have one once a month. Is that cool? And they're like, yeah. So we did that all year. And uh, Jay Vega from the Wilderness Recording Studio, he's out in Zealianople. He ran the sound. And it, it was the bands, you know, we had 60 bands throughout the whole year. And we recorded it all. And that that's like just like a cool little archive that we have. But, um, so that was in celebration of that. So I was, I was, you know, I was used to putting on shows. I'm not a businessman. So they were free. They were for charity. So uh, a couple other shows I put on, uh, I do the Santa Palooza show, which is like, just, just get a bunch of bands together and we, you know, have a party and then the bands come up and play, you know, five songs. And then I asked them to play different uh, other bands, cover other bands in Pittsburgh. So it's like a unique thing in that is that you don't see these tribute shows to other Pittsburgh bands. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that worked out. We're, we did our third year just last December. And then um, the Deutschtown Music Festival, I got involved with those guys. I knew Ben Soltes. Uh, he was one of the first bloggers that I knew going to see shows and taking pictures in 2004. Okay. 2005. So I've known him for a while. And then um, 
he put that together. And so I asked, you know, hey, can I do something to help? And by the third year that they were rolling, I couldn't do the first two years. Uh, the third year, they were like, yeah, you want to host a stage? So I host, hosted a stage at Wiggle Whiskey. And then last year, um, I guess the, the person who organizes the bands, Jess Winghart from Big Gypsy, she was like, I'm done. Forget this. I'm not doing this anymore. And so they were in a bind. They were like, hey, do you want to help us out? I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I, I think I could do that. And so last year was my first year, like, help just organizing the bands. I don't, I don't do anything else except, like, try to just put bands different places. And, gotcha. Uh, yeah, we had 200 bands last year and two nights. They expanded to two nights. So we're going to do the same this year. Cool. And, and then, but last year, at, uh, at uh, the year before, I was uh, at Deutschtown and I saw these intern girls on, on a microphone and the, they were be interviewing people. And I said, hey, what are, what are you doing? And they said, well, we're working with PCTV, which is the local community access yeah. station. Uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, wh who's the general manager? Was he around? He was like, yeah, the guy's over there. And he was eating at the time. I'll never forget this. He was, <laughs> he was upstairs eating his free meal, you know? Uh -huh. So I'm like, hey, man, my name's Hugh. And he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and I go, I, I, you know, I, I'm into the Pittsburgh music scene. He's like, uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do a show. And he's like, uh-huh, yeah, whatever, dude. And I'm like, no, man, really, I want to, I want to do a music, a live music show. And he's like, uh, yeah, that's a great idea, but you know, to you know, come meet me at the station and we'll talk about it. So I went to the station and we talked about it, and he was like, yeah, this might work. You know, you know, why not? Gave me a shot, and we did a pilot with meeting of important people, and uh, I guess I asked. Uh, Mayor Peduto to be the interview guest. So he was like, wow, how'd you get Peduto? And I'm like, just as my stock answer, I just asked. The worst anybody could say is no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if they say no, then they say no. Okay. No big deal. So he was like, yeah, let's do this. So I've been working on the show for uh, all year, 2016. We did 10 episodes. We... We have two more to go, and I did a couple extra special shows. I did, I did a little interview thing with Lady Fest, okay, and then we did a little uh, Deutschtown interview. And we're gonna we have some things coming up for this year, but yeah, basically it's just you know still doing the blog and doing the TV show. See how you know how fun that turns out until I get sick of it, and that's the <laughs> that's the whole criteria. Until you get sick of doing stuff, you know, yeah, you know, do something else or don't do it at all. Nice, so. Yeah. Where do you where do you watch the PCTV stuff? Well, do, if you live in the city, it's on channel twenty one. Okay, on um, I think that's Comcast, and I think Verizon, which I don't have, that might be channel forty seven. Okay, so if if you ever, if you ever watch the station, they have all kinds of community producers putting on shows, and you can put on anything. If you live in the city, actually, I think they changed it. If you live in Allegheny County now, you can put on a show. It's the government channel. So they, you know, you, you can do whatever you want. And yeah. PCTV is awesome because you can, you know, there's no FCC rules, so you can, like, get away with certain things. I, I don't think if you can have <laughs> straight-up porn, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you sure. know, bestiality or anything, but um, you, you can get away with certain things, like, you know, just like having a podcast. You can swear and, you know, you don't have to, there's no censorship. You know, uh -huh. so that was a that that was a cool aspect of it. But yeah, like 
the channel, they just run through, you know, 24 hours a day, I think. Like, just different shows. Is your you know? show on, like, a regular Yeah, they just s- gave schedule? me a re- after. Actually, they just gave me a regular, like, time slot. <laughs> nice. Just na- I know, just now. Congrats. Like, uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, but it's like... Uh, <laughs> I know, it only took a year, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, yeah, they... they they put me in rotation, and I think it was on this afternoon. I think I taped it. I, I have to go check, <laughs> or it's on this week. But if you go on the if you go on the station, you can see it. And um, so yeah, it's. It, it, but but the thing is, I don't know how many people actually watch the station. Are you able to get well? Any sort uh, of anybody numbers? in the city who has cable can watch it. But I mean, yeah. are you able to see numbers, or do you get reports there, on there, any there, that there kind there of have, stuff? He he has told me some numbers and. He, I think he's more um, like if if you think about it, if it goes up on YouTube, and then people watch it on YouTube, uh, that's the way to, you can watch. I can watch it on, on my so phone it, right it now. It is on YouTube. Yeah, it's all over YouTube. If you go to YouTube, uh, just uh, search for Hugh shows, H U G H shows, uh, and then PCTV twenty one. I think Hugh shows will just bring it up. But PCTV twenty one, and then it's on their station, and um, like out of ten episodes, I have up there. They're pretty good eyeball, and you know, like ratings, if you want to call that view hits. The the one show I did with uh, Morgan Arena and Foo Connor is my guest. It's the third most popular program on their channel. Okay, of all time. Wow. Yeah. Like, there's two shows, there's two videos up there that are more popular. One's like, I think it's a basketball game with uh, uh, Perry and someone, you know, another city team. And then the second one, I think, is like a G8 Summit interview with Kofi Annan or something. Okay. So I'm number three. That's awesome. Oh, that's way awesome, you know? Yeah. So with a bullet. So, <laughs> but then the, the you know, and there's a bunch of shows on there that are cool. You know, they're you know they're very just like my show is. They're very uh, for uh, straightforward for a particular audience. You know, how how involved in the production of the show are you as far as like the post work goes? Well, are you like editing everything? Or are you working with other people? Does the station do that? How's it work? How it works is. <laughs> It's curious. Yeah, no, no. It's interesting because I, it's my idea. So I book the bands. I do uh, the visuals. As you know, I, I I decide on the visuals. I don't produce the visuals. I get them when I can. Um, I write the script. I I don't direct, but I'm the floor director. We have a guy by the name of Carl Chimini. He's the one who directs the the actual episode um and so all the content is like i'm pretty much producing it so i what, totally what, what goes on what mad you see, scientist what you see is what i do yeah but i uh, and i but i let me be f- so forward that i uh, honest i couldn't do it without him you know without the help of the cameraman there and yeah you know. so you have a nice old team yeah and then uh, I had an audio team, Jay Vega, helped out with audio. And then um, this year, uh, or last year, Dan Yost from Just Records. Okay. He he was the audio assistant or the mixer. I, I don't know his title. <laughs> but uh, so he's taking over. And so instead of full band productions, what we had, we're just going to strip it down to like real simple, um, like acoustic 
maybe electric guitar accompaniment and, and vocals. So it's going to be real simple. We've we've been doing that for a couple episodes now, and so De- so Dan's the man, uh, and Jay's the man too. I couldn't, you know, Jay Jay was awesome. Um, and then uh, the people who run camera, my buddy Raymond Zapparoni comes in, and he works for RMU in their audiovisual department. So he runs camera, and then the other two guys uh, at the station. Uh, John Bursick, uh, Eric Witt, and Doug, uh, Doug's last name, sorry, Doug, but they help out too, <laughs> cool. you know, and then once we get the sound, Dan takes the sound, he takes it back to the studio, he mixes it, and then he sends it to me and Carl, and then Carl, who directed the episode, he edited, edits for me. Gotcha. Yeah. And then I, I, I do final approval. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's great. It's great. I, I love the show, man. It's like nobody's doing it. It's just like anything I've ever done. Nobody's doing it, and I can't imagine why not. You know, there's just so much like talent here, and I just want to keep this forever. And I think that you know, I think it just takes a certain kind of drive to do it right and to do it consistently. You know, yeah, that's the thing. It's like a lot of people get ideas. And then it's like, well, they don't have the drive to go through with it. But then they go through with it. But then it's like, do you have the passion to really keep up with keep, this keep consistently? Going with it. Right, right. I mean, that's the thing. Like with this show, like I've had friends in the local scene. Like you know, I I want to like do a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, you can do it, mm-hmm. but you know, people ask me what you know what they need to get, and I'm like, before you get anything, you need to really want. Do you really yeah, want to do this? Right, right. You know. Right. Like if you don't really want to do it, you know, you're gonna buy a bunch of stuff, do three episodes, and then give up on it. And and which and I don't, I'm not trying to like say that to discourage people, but it's like I've already seen so many people do stuff. Like which this. I think happens at the studio too. I I know of a couple shows where people have like, oh, I want to do uh, the show, and then it, hey, where's that guy doing the show? Eh, he it petered out because I yeah. guess he didn't have his heart in it. And I guess he didn't have a vision or the drive to do it. Or, I mean, they they do have a drive, but whenever you're really in it, yeah, things change. You know, you uh, believe me, <laughs> yeah. believe me. Even with this, even with this year, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like really difficult, and it's you know, I'm I'm going through all these barriers and you know, just normal things, and I'm like, I didn't think it would be like this, but I still want to do it. You know, I still want to keep going. And that's funny because I was always thinking, oh, maybe I should do a podcast. Like I said, we recorded all those IDs. Uh, We have like 420 hours of great local live music. You know, it's not mixed or anything. It's just like... Archived. It's archived. So, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I could do a podcast of, you know, know, interview the artist and then play some of their songs from the IDs sets. But I kind of did this... It's kind of that way with the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, it's, I didn't, I really didn't think it was going to take as much time to do the podcast as like, it do you does. have to edit this? I, I edit things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it really depends on the conversation. Okay. Uh, you know, if sometimes something comes up that I don't uh, want you to, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, it's like, okay, well, we'll cut that out. Can we or, cut this Emily Rogers story? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I can totally, imagine I mean, people do that. It does, that stuff does happen. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the beast of a natural conversation. Right. Sometimes you kind of get into something and it's like, uh. Well, that's funny because I do the interview. Like, I, I have the uh, 
musician perform three songs on the show. And then I usually interview somebody who's not a musician, but then I also do a little short interview with the artist. Yeah. And so those have been just like this, except with like lights and three cameras. And it's just like a weird, stiff, awkward kind of. Yeah, thing to do, and we don't really prepare. I used to a couple of the times I prepared like questions beforehand, but no, I just wing it. And then a couple of people have said, "Hey, can we cut that part? Because I sound like a dick, <laughs> you know." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And and I'm uh, yeah, sure. That's yeah. no problem. I'll cut that. You know, it's like I don't want you to come off as being a dick, or uh-huh. you know, and and maybe it's not they're really not being a dick it's just like they look like they they feel like they are but but uh, yeah i totally respect what they want you yeah, know? yeah so I, I think that a lot of people especially artists aren't always prepared to talk that's true you know? i i you, you know you, you a lot of artists like out it's it's funny you know they have, they live like this double life of being an an extrovert on stage and right. like you know this really like really great performers right but then when they're off that stage it's like believe me I've they are s- i've seen it it's I've, like holy cow like I've, is this the same person no i've seen it <laughs> many 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 times uh, you know not necessarily local artists but and, and even local artists like there's a different persona when they get on stage it's like that's what they do it's like and i've been on stage you know i i flirt with playing guitar and singing off key uh, i was gonna i was gonna ask you about yeah. your yeah. musician uh experience but we'll, we'll get there yeah we'll get there but um no but i could see that's just a whole nother set of it's a whole nother mindset man and you have to be prepared to do that and it's not something that like you could take lightly because that's what i've ended up doing and it's a disaster there's a, yeah there's a few people who I, it took me a while to actually get on the show you yeah. know because like uh there was someone in particular. I won't name drop them just yeah. because. But they, and I probably but, know who you're talking about. Yeah, but it was just like somebody. I was like, "Hey, you know, do you want to be on this show?" And they were like, "Yeah, I do," but like, I don't. I'm not ready. Yeah, like I, I right. just don't think I could like have this conversation yet. Right. And then you know they came back to me like a half year later, like, "Hey, like I'm, I'm putting ready. together yeah. an album. <laughs> I've been thinking about stuff. I think I'm ready to do this." Yeah. And then we did it, and it was great. And I right. Was actually, it was. I was glad that we waited. Right. And that, that's funny because I've seen that too. I've seen that trepidation of exposing yourself and not coming off as like, you know, whatever professional, but not you know, like when you're an artist, and which I'm not, but I can imagine. Like and you could tell me if I'm wrong. It's like you're you're putting yourself out there and you're concentrating on your art, but being interviewed is part of that. I'm a, you know, yeah, you know, you don't want to come off as like, you know, a totally different person. You want it to align with what you're trying to do. So I, I could totally understand I think that. that. I think there's this kind of this thing with me where in my head I always think about like sometimes you think about oh if somebody ever asked me this what would I say yeah. Yeah, and then you get into the position when someone asks you that, and then you say something, something completely, totally different. totally different. Right, right. Just I mean, like I was, I was on the way over here. I'm like, <laughs> I wonder what he's gonna ask me. Okay, I'll think about this. Yeah, I got to tell this story, and then now it's like, and then you listen. No, and you don't know, you don't realize it until you listen back. Yeah, and then when you listen back, you're like, why the hell did I say Actually, that? A really funny story. Uh, the main reason why I started this podcast, um, I was on a a show uh is the AP collector 
What's that? Um, this girl Genevieve. Uh huh. She does a podcast and a blog. It's not a uh, local music eccentric, but it is kind of Pittsburgh creatives okay. eccentric. And uh, she had me on, and I had never done any sort of like long form interview with anybody right before. And we did it. You know, she did her thing. I wasn't a. I didn't really know what I was getting into. I talked. I was like, okay, cool. And yeah. then the episode was released sometime later. Right. And I listened to it, and I'm like, holy shit, I can't talk to people. <laughs> like, I just felt like, you know, kind of that situation where you don't notice it until you're hearing it back. You don't. It's like, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I'm talking like this. Like, that's, why didn't I bring this up? Right. You right. know, and I was like, I want to get better at talking to people. I was like, well, you know, at the, at the same time, and I was like thinking about, uh, I had already before that had tried to do a podcast with some roommates I was living with that we like recorded a couple episodes and never aired them or anything. Right, it just practice. Yeah, it just kind of didn't yeah. work out. And I was right. like, so I kind of had it in my head and I just decided I was like, this is something I want to do. I don't know anybody that's really doing a podcast focused on the local music scene Yeah, in a format like I'm doing it. Right. And I know a ton of people. And I want to get better at talking to people. Right. So, you know, I recorded like five episodes before I ever aired one. Right. Released them. And now, you know, this is... Uh, what number is this? 117. 117. And when did you start? In the, 2014. Okay, April of 2014. Cool. Yeah. So you're right. And and it's almost to the point or like with for me, it's like you're practicing. Yeah. You know, you, you could look at those... I, I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're looking at those, listening to those older podcasts, it's t probably totally different from now. Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? And so the, even with the show, my interview, the way I interview, and I noticed, like, you, we're, we're not, you're not reading from a card. No. Or predetermined questions. So I don't really do that either. And so, uh, you know, I think this natural style of, you know, talking to each other is like 10 times better than if you watch uh, Pittsburgh today and she's looking at a card and bringing up, uh, that's the most awkward thing in the world. You have to go on there <laughs> because they, they tell you, okay, you have to do this, 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 and you're sitting there and you're on camera. And I was like, you know, I was being interviewed for a rant. Uh, me and Zombo, and she's just like, okay, well, tell us about, uh, you know, we. she's putting up pictures, what's this, and we were, we were trying to be loose, or at least I was, and especially Zombo, yeah. And but it's just, if you watch that show, and any, like, local interview show, it's just so stiff, and it's so, like, almost unnatural, and the people are nervous as hell, and it's almost funny, you know, so uh, this is awesome, this is just, like, What's up? You know, let's you know, uh -huh. I, the I, top of our head kind of thing. I, I, I over time, I kind of my idea for the show is I wanted to be just like those really good conversations that you have with people. If it's like kind of at the bar shooting the shit, right. or like at a house for some reason, you're talking with a friend or good. You have these conversations, and you're like, "Holy shit! I wish other people could hear this." Right, right. It's like you know, just kind of just insight with other people doing creative stuff and just kind of like a yeah absolutely a way for you know the listener to apply these things to what they're doing and right inspire them to do things do you have a do you have ratings do you see numbers i i could i really don't look at them you don't look at them at all i see like, like whenever i right now um 
when I first started the podcast, I was doing it. Um, I was uploading the episodes to Bandcamp because it was free. Uh huh. Um, around episode, I think it was maybe fifty. Uh-huh. I think when I hit fifty, I decided that I was gonna transfer to iTunes and start paying for a hosting service. I was gonna take it seriously. Uh, right. You know, if I was gonna, if I made it that far and people were still listening, you know. Um. Anyways, the point I'm getting at, Bandcamp, you can check how many listens your episodes get, mm-hmm. but you actually have to click on a tab to yeah. see it. And I would never click on it. Maybe every every few weeks I would Not click once. on you it. You never did it once? No, I would. Every couple weeks I would oh, okay. look at it right. just to get a general idea, yeah, but right. I wouldn't like check it every day and study it and yeah. figure out uh, you know yeah. how how can i make it better man yeah i'm not really can, yeah, i'm not really know. into analytics you know it's not why i do it right. and, but also at the same time you know just like other people you know even though i say i don't care you know sometimes i'll see those numbers and they may they're not like what i think they should mm-hmm. be and i'm like oh like What's up? You know, yeah, what's up with yeah. that? And it's like, well, just people just aren't engaging. I know the quality of the the, the content is good. Right. And that's what I want to do. I just want to have record good conversations and put them out. Right. If nobody's listening to them, that's on them. You know, sometimes it's exactly sometimes right. sets of things I do the same amount of promoting for every show, no matter what. Uh-huh. But it's it's really it's the guest, you know. If a lot of people want to listen to who's on the show that week, they'll listen to it. Right. If they don't, then they don't. Then they don't, and you can't be you know dissuaded from keeping on doing it just yeah. because of a low chart. But you know, <laughs> yeah. But now um, the the podcast service that I, I work through Libsyn, whenever I distribute new episodes to them, whenever you log in, there is a chart that's right in right, your face, right in your face. Really? So um, yeah, wow. it, it tells you like the monthly downloads. Wow. So I never like you can go into it and really like fine-tune where it's at. Like, you could see where people in the country are listening yeah, to your show. Yeah, well, that's... But, I mean, it's like, I don't get that many hits, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's, it's and it's like, it's a Pittsburgh-centric podcast. So, it's like, I know the people are in Pittsburgh that are listening to this. They're sure. in Pennsylvania. Or, right. like, a couple blips here and there might be, like, uh, friends and family of the guests that are across the country or, like, friends of mine that might be elsewhere. But And, and maybe I'm, you know, we're doing it wrong because I do the same thing. Like, when you first, when I first started out with the blog, you know, Google had analytics and you're like, oh, well, you know, look at that post and, you know, how can, you know, you I was really, not really, but I was concerned about, oh, how can I make it, you know, I think everybody, how can we make yourselves more popular, you know, through Twitter or through Facebook or whatever it is. And then after a while, it's like, I don't care. You know, I I really honest, honestly don't care and I freed myself from that and I don't I just do what I think that I would like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you're right. If people don't listen or if people don't watch, that's their that's you know, they're missing out. Yeah. In a way, you know what I it's, mean? And the thing that's really funny too is that Again, like I said, I put stuff out there the same way all the time. Yesterday, I did a post on Facebook. Who do you want to see on Start yeah, the Beat in 2017? That. Right. There was at least four names that were dropped of people that had already been on the show <laughs> in the past year. I know. You You, you uh, linked to the to Gene the Werewolf. Yeah. Hey, he's already been on. You know, John's been here. done that. Yeah. I know. That's fine. Uh, and, and which, which is fine. Yeah, you know, I get you're it. Not, you're not going to be like, hey, asshole, he was already on. So, I mean, it's just like, hey, the, hey, he was already on. Check it out. Other people have other things going on. People miss yes. things. And the other thing, too, is, you know, you're battling 
uh, the algorithms of social media, which and I- what posts they allow people to see because the only people that see your posts on Facebook, regardless of your friends, determines on how often you interact with them now for yeah. some reason. And a whole other thing, I that's a whole other conversation. But, but here, here's the thing. With that, I gave up sort of. I The validity of social media, I kind of gave up on it when, you know, maybe a year ago when you're you're doing an event and you know, 200 people are coming, you know, they're coming, but then 30 show up and it's like, you know what? Forget that noise. Forget trying to beat through that. Can I tell you an idea I have? Absolutely. Um, it'll never happen. Are you sure you want to broadcast it? Yeah. I don't give a shit. (laughs) It'll never happen. You know, uh, but just, just an idea, like a hypothesis for a way for Facebook to potentially make money off of shows that they could probably make more money this way versus like the sponsored ads. And right. we could also help generate a better idea of people that are coming to events. This wouldn't work for every event. This would have to work. This would have to be for like paid events. Okay. But what if there was a thing where you could actually sell tickets to events through Facebook? And the only way somebody is going is if they actually bought the ticket through Facebook. X amount of that ticket sale goes to Facebook. The rest goes to the promoter. And then you have like an accurate count of people who are coming or at least people who have paid. Paid. And then if then, but then you could still click like interested or not going if you're interested in the event. But just like that ability to sell a ticket to the show through the page. I mean, there's all kinds yeah, of like, like Bandcamp does that. Yeah. You know what I mean? They take a little piece, but they, you know, Bandcamp is almost the way you know. Not the general public knows how many people are coming. You know, I think that's another thing. You as the administrator know exactly how many tickets are sold, but uh, the public really doesn't because if you put in for Bandcamp, say you're having a show and you put 50 tickets available. Oh, yeah. Right? And so you're the only one who could see how many are available and how many aren't. And so, and, and you could change it. You could change it at any time to put 200 tickets available. Yeah. So that's, the, you know, not necessarily through Facebook because I think Facebook is just like, is. Ooh, you know, yeah. plateauing and going down but, in an a way. idea like that. But the problem, though, like an, uh, one problem that comes to mind is if if the public can see how many people have actually bought a ticket. Right. If that number's low, it's going to be discouraging. It's almost Absolutely. like a, it's almost like a Kickstarter. Right. Where if you know the Kickstarter has a low amount of backers, right. people don't want to contribute that's to what, it. That's what it is. That's like that's the so the the mentality of it. You know, I think that's a dangerous not a dangerous thing. I think it's a not a very smart thing because you're right. Even even not buying tickets, Brian. If if there's two people are going to your event, you know, or it's if, if one person is interested, you're it's dead in the water. Like we don't we don't want to care about numbers, but it's like we have to. I, I but you I know feel what? like I, I I don't I don't care about numbers because here's the thing, I and I learned this through the Ides thing. We were we were doing it for free. It was free admission. It was for charity. So. Bands would play, and they, you know, they were giving up their time. They were donating their time and their talent. So, I didn't care about anybody coming. I cared about, and I've done this for years. I've been to a show where I turned around, and I'm the only one in the the whole room. 
a band from Chicago came into town, and I look, and I'm standing by the stage, and I'm like, yeah, this is great. And I turn around, and I'm the only one there. And people, my first reaction was to be, and I used to be, oh, I'm devastated. I'm so embarrassed for Pittsburgh. Oh, this is the worst. You know what? Uh, I used to feel that way. And then I feel, you know, you, I came out to see you. Even if I'm one person, you play your heart out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this this thing of generating people, unless you're like making money or losing a lot of money, which I try not to, you know, get involved with because I have no money. <laughs> you know, yeah. unless you're unless you're like a, a actual promoter who's going to lose money and that's what you do, don't worry about that. And sure. so, you know, at the Ides things, you know, there was a it was the first sunny day, and one of the musicians came up and they're like, "Oh man, sorry." Sorry, there's no one here. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm here. You're here. Let's let's have a good time. Let's party. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's good. Cool. You know, that's how you have to think. If it's an empty room, it's an empty room. Play. You just play, you know? I've yeah. seen empty rooms. I've seen bands pack up. And I'm like, where are you going? Well, there's nobody here. I'm like, I'm here. I, I came. <laughs> I'm like, all right. That's, okay, cool. You know? <laughs> yeah. How dare you? And they're like, "You're right. Let's play." We we drove all this way, but we'll 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 kick some ass. And they totally. Did. You know, I think that my perspective is I don't care about the numbers, uh-huh. but the numbers, other people care about the numbers. So yeah, I guess there's so. to an extent, depending on certain things. You know, you I try to be aware of what people are paying attention to. You know, not so much with. It really depends on what what it is because I kind of yeah, like have does. a lot of it different does. things I'm doing. Right. The podcast, not so much. Like this is 110% a passion project. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then, you know, if I'm – say I'm on that side of being – sometimes I book shows. Right. You know, if I'm like I have friends coming in from out of town. Right. So you know, you're responsible I, I'm, for I'm, – You know, like I want, I want them to have a good show. You right. know, I'm not worried about like making money or losing money, but it's like, you know, I want to – I want I want them to have a good time. So, you know, so you start diving into those things and kind of like playing the game of what the person sure. the the person that's not behind the curtain, like what is going to appeal to them and right. make them bite. Right. So, you have to dance between the two. No, I I understand that completely, but I just try not to get into that position. Yeah. To worry about that. Uh-huh. Really, because then that just you know, not to be highfalutin, but that takes away from the art. Yeah, you know, I I just don't I I just don't in this point in my life, I don't have the money and I don't have the time to waste on like being bummed out about a show. Yeah. I really don't, you know, any show, if a show's going to bum me out, it's because somebody puked on my shoes or, <laughs> you know, I get uh-huh. hit with a bottle or something. That's totally. a bummer, you know, but if it's, if they're playing and they're kicking some ass, awesome. You know, even if I'm the only one in the room, <laughs> I don't care. What what are you doing for this year? Do you have this any, year, anything top secret plans in the works? No, I'm just going to uh, – well, I was thinking of something. What was – oh, yeah, 2017, the plan is to help out with Deutschtown again, you know, organize the bands for that, uh, continue the show in a format that's different from last year. We'll see. I just want to keep it going. The only reason I wanted to keep it going is because I it, it'll be on the internet forever. It'll be on YouTube forever. Totally. You know, so yeah. I think that's important. Um, and then, you know, like, uh, I want to do, I, I've been thinking about this and I've been working on it. I want to do a comic book. 
or a coloring book. Oh, okay. I want to do a color. Yeah, you, you, I was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're really a... switching the game on me here. <laughs> no, here. no, no, no. All right, a, a comic book. Would... Well, a coloring book is still pretty interesting. Yeah. What's, well, what's... the coloring book would be, uh, you know, I, I, I should talk to you about it if you know anything about printing up, uh, you know, uh, coloring book. And but I want to make it that uh, it's just l- portraits from musicians that I've taken over the years, local Pittsburgh bands. Okay. And so, um, I, you know, just just uh, I want to have a a number, like I want to have enough, like I don't want to have put out a book of ten, but you know, I get, I, and I don't know the number. I'm thinking fifty, a hundred, you know. Yeah. But I, I want to try that, and that's just a lot of work. That's just because you it, need to get like all of the the fo- the photos, uh, uh, which I have, I have transferred. Te- I have terabytes. to like a coloring book style. Well, I, you have to draw it. Yeah, I draw the pictures. Okay, and so in a in a linear, you know, kind of style, it's a very stylistic. It's not like any, uh, you know. Sure. Of, well, you got to do all that for all the photos. Do all and you that. Set it up. And, you got to find know, out and and I have who's going to print it, how to uh, publish yeah. them, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's like insane. You know. So, but uh, you know, the there's one no thing, rush. The one thing on your side though is that if it's a coloring book, the majority of it is black and white. Yeah. So that's still cheap. Yeah, black and, because digital absolutely. printing is insanely expensive. Right. The because, color. Yeah. Yeah. But still getting like books made and bound, even it's it's expensive. Right. It, Unless uh, you're going to do like a huge quantity. So like your price per unit is makes uh, it worth it. But then it's like, you know, you're doing a local coloring See, book. See, what you're talking about, I missed that day in high school and college because <laughs> I really, uh, I'm woefully inadequate when it comes to business which is stupid because as an artist i tell my students i'm like look you could draw you could draw a tippy as great as you uh-huh. know a disney animator but get a degree in business so you could sell what you're worth that's you know i think that i kind of screwed up totally for, so did i uh but you know over the past few years i really made it a point to figure it out or Which, try to. I'm still. I'm still figuring me it out, too, man. But you know, I'm thinking more about it. You know, and yes. I, I do so much stuff myself that I've, I'm really. I come from that mindset of like a if you, if you want it done right, do it yourself. Yeah. And whenever I started getting into doing music stuff, you know, I really didn't know a lot of people, so it was just kind of like I was already doing art, so it was like you know, okay, well, I'll make my own album cover. Yeah, I'll record it myself. Right. Uh, I want to do a music video, so I worked with somebody. I didn't like what they were doing. I was like, "Well, I had a camcorder I used in high school. I'll make my own videos." Right. Right. So I started making my own videos, and then just that's exactly <laughs> how you do it. And <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because you do your your thing and you learn along the way. But um, and when dealing with people, this is the most important thing that's happened to me. And in dealing with people, I've met a ton of people, a ton of musicians. And I've become friends with most of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I've always tried to respect that, what they have, and just be nice to people. I mean, this city is too small to be a shitbag. And there are shitbags. There are assholes in the city who, you know, for one reason or another, they want to be that way. That's fine. But word gets around. You know what I mean? Totally. It, it, yeah. it gets around so quick. So, you know, doing this for twelve years, I don't think that I'm 
considered an asshole, which, you know, I, I try not to be, you know? And so people will, if you respect that, that way of thinking and treat people with respect and dignity and all that, you know, things will come. Mm-hmm. You can get, you can do whatever you want as long as it's, you know, not like, like I said, being a shitbag. Yeah. The other interesting thing though is that, you know, while the city is small, I bring this up so fucking much, is this, it's also huge. There's just still so many people. Yes. Like, you know, you've been doing this stuff for 12 years. I've been performing music as Sykes since 2007. Wow. And, you know, we just recently crossed right. paths in the past year. Right, right. And we're both people that have been doing a ton of things. Right. But it's still, you know, for whatever reason, we're just in different pockets in this, like, bigger bubble, you know? And, and it is big in that there's just, like, um, there's a lot of things going on right now, man. I mean, there is a lot of... Totally, yeah. A lot of stuff happening, which, you know, like, it, it was interesting. P- people were... Um, recommending people for your podcast on the Facebook post. And a couple people put blah, 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 photographer, blah, 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 photographer. And I'm like, I never heard of these people. So I, you know, I'm going to go check them out and see, Hey, there, there are other people probably doing, you know, things in the music scene that I didn't even know, which is great. Cause I've always encouraged that. I've always encouraged people doing what I do. I never felt it as a competition because the more people do it, then the more opportunity there is for me to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I've never, and believe me, after 12 years, I've seen people come and go, and they're like, hey, I was thinking about doing a blog. Do you have any suggestions? I'm like, yeah, here, do this, do this, do this. Or, you know, people, you know, if they think they want to come to me and ask me any advice, believe me, it's more than willing to give it. Mm Because I just wish there were like a dozen of me doing this. I really do. I've always said that. Yeah. You know, there's Randy from Sound Scene Express. He's he's catching on. Um, there's other people trying to start something up, and it's like, just go for it. Just do it, you know? I think- Even what you're doing. Just do what you, you, you're you happy with and you feel good about it, and it's going to be pure, and people are going to latch on to that. Man. Again, you know, I think it just really goes back to having that, that genuine passion to follow through with it and keep it going. Yeah, I think it's almost... uh, Yeah. Not everybody might find what they're looking for. Right. Or they might get there and realize it's not what they thought it was going to be. Which is fine. That's fine, too. You know what I mean? Because, like, even with me, I've, I've slowed down on seeing concerts because, you know, stuff's happening at home. My daughters are teenagers. They want to go everywhere, but they can't drive. So there's a responsibility <laughs> that I have now that I didn't have 10 years ago. Totally. You know, so, uh-huh. you know, I've seen pretty much a ton of bands and it's like there has to be something that really inspires me to want to go out and see a band. And I listen to bands all the time, local bands. And, you know, it's it, it's it's all good. It's It's all good. It's just I've slowed down, which is what I feel like doing now, you know? <laughs> Before we wrap up, we do have one loose end to tie up. Uh oh. <laughs> we mentioned it earlier. Yourself as a musician. Oh, okay. <laughs> what up with that? Because I'm well, assuming in this huge <laughs> haze of going to shows, you would have to have had picked up an instrument at some yes. point in time. What you know, regardless of you know how 
much time you put into it. Right. Let's talk about it. Okay. Uh, when I was, uh, let's see, I was just out of, uh, in high school, 11th grade, 12th yeah. grade. I was so broke. I was, it might have been, uh, it was in high school. I was just so broke. And I was at a real low point in my life. And I spent money on a guild acoustic guitar because I wanted to learn how to play. And that's anything in life. You just want to learn. You have this drive to learn. So I bought this guitar, but I, everything I do is left-handed. And it was uh, not thinking that I bought this guitar, and it's obviously a right-handed guitar, but it was a really nice guitar. It, it, you know, at the time, it cost me 300 400 bucks. So I, I did a payment plan, and I really cherished it. And So I taught myself how to play guitar, and I think uh, since I'm a lefty, I play righty. I'm like, you know, the most important hand isn't the fret hand, it's the strumming hand, in my opinion. So every time I'd play air guitar, I'd play a lefty, but now I'm like, it's just like weird that I'm playing <laughs> right-handed. So, but I taught myself how to play. I could, I can go around some chords and I could strum and, you know, I played, I used to work on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and I used to, uh, Joe Negri was filming a scene and I went up to him like, hey, hey Joe, I know how to play guitar. And him and Fred were standing there in between takes. And I'm like, I know how to play guitar. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And Fred's like, oh, Hugh, I would love to hear you play guitar. <laughs> so I just started, right? Okay. I just started. I only played for a couple of years. So I'm like, yeah, check this out. So I put on the guitar, and I strap it on, and I start, <laughs> I start playing uh, The Thin Ice by Pink Floyd <laughs> off the wall. Okay. So I'm playing it, and jo Joe Negri is looking at me like, get out of here, dude. You know, what are you doing? And But Fred, he was, you know, he was just a genuine guy. And he was like, Hugh, that was so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so I was jamming Pink Floyd to Mr. Rogers. But so, you know, this was in, uh, this was in 86 when I picked up the guitar. So now I could play and I can't sing. But like at some of the shows that I put on, like Deutschtown and the Santa shows, I'll sing, you know, a drunken song and somebody will film it but i'll say don't put it up just send me the link yeah you, you know private link and it's just horrendous it's actually funny you know so uh -huh. who, who cares it's just all for fun yeah so it's just something that you kind of got into but you never did you ever have that desire to be like no a rock star you nope. just just kind of wanted to no just have get fun. a better understanding of the music that you appreciated through like the, learning a little bit yeah maybe? absolutely like i you know i I love just uh, the reason I did it was for me. Totally. I just loved hanging out, playing guitar, humming or whatever, playing a little harmonica. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, if you are somebody that really appreciates and just enjoys listening to music, yeah. If you can understand yes. a little bit more about yes. the, you know, the process behind what's actually going on, it'll only make you enjoy it more. Right. But then you get too you could get too deep into that too. Where you start finding yourself having a harder time enjoying music because you know too much. No, see, that's like almost things. with cinematography. I, I, I you okay. know, like I, I wanted to be a, a filmmaker, and so once you learn cinematography, you're you oh can't yeah, go, you can't go to a movie anymore because you're looking at the jump cut. <laughs> why did they light that yeah, that way? The 180 degree plane. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why did they light that way? It's uh -huh. like yeah, oh, I, I still do that. You know, it, only if the movie sucks. Uh-huh. Because then you're like you're looking for something, you're dying to do something else. But I um I made a movie with my friends in high school. Um I directed it 
edited it. I mainly did it because I wanted to do the sound design for it. Yeah. I thought it'd be so cool to do sound design for right. a movie. Right. It's like, which I don't is, have a movie. Which is one of the best parts. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't have a movie. So I guess yeah, I, I got to convince my friends to, right, <laughs> to right. make a movie. So we made a horror movie. And uh, yeah, to this day, I'm like always thinking about sound design if I'm in a theater or I even still like with the knowledge that I have of just filmmaking if I'm watching something it's like yeah I see awkward transitions oh absolutely just or bad acting or or bad uh anything like like awkward color temperature matching between it's like oh yeah it's I made a movie in high school too (laughs) and I spent my whole senior year doing it Uh and it was called creatures from Carlinton because I went to Carlinton high school nice the the zombies the kids turned into zombies and ate the teachers that sounds awesome. Okay, so it's funny you're a teacher now, right? And I'm a teacher now. Yeah. <laughs> so this was in nineteen. I, this was in nineteen eighty five when I did it, and now I think I've seen that movie somewhere. I've seen that premise. Oh, okay. In a movie somewhere. So, you know, if anybody's out there listening and they they know their horror genre and yeah. you know, somebody ripped my ass off. But <laughs> who knows? There, there's my meal ticket, right? Uh huh. But yeah, and then like no, I I just like to play. I'll probably I am doing a, a birthday show. I turn fifty this year on June eighteenth, and on the seventeenth, um, we're gonna have a show at the James Street Gastropub and Speakeasy upstairs in the ballroom and downstairs in the um, Speakeasy, and it's just gonna be a celebration of psychedelic music, summer of love kind of thing. So <laughs> gotcha. We're, yeah, we're getting the bands together, and so I'll probably you know jam out to. A half hour version of Dark Star with one of the bands, <laughs> cool, know, whatever you know. That's awesome. So yeah, we'll we'll see. But I celebrate. Do, yeah, absolutely. Just have fun. Like just have, I fun have fun and don't film it. Yeah. Well, so if <laughs> if you film it, just send me a private link. I have like three of them now, and they're so god awful. It's 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 really bad, but it's great. Uh huh. You know, someday I'll get the nerve to share it. Nice. Yeah. Well. Dude, thanks for coming oh, over. Oh, this was awesome, Brian. I thanks, that, man. I think that we I think we did it. Got a good good gambit on what's going on. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And this was real cool and you know, you don't have to edit anything. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to. Yeah, cool. I think we're just gonna free we're gonna wing it on this let's one. See, and, let, and let's get some viewerships. Come on, let's get some uh stats here. People. No, fuck the numbers. Yeah, no, I, I really want this to <laughs> blow up. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, that that's what you have to post. Like, oh my gosh, Hugh's episode is just off the roof, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he went nuts. He walked out. Yeah, he walked out. Boom. I got him so mad and fired up. Right. Fuck this place. Fuck Won't it. tell you when it is. You got to listen through the whole conversation to that's find it. out. Right. It's right at the end. <laughs> right. <but> don't fast <laughs> forward. All right. Cool, man. Thank you. Uh, and thank you so much. We are done. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hugh, what a nice guy. It was really cool to finally sit down and talk to him and, you know, get to cross another name off the list, a name that a lot of people had been wanting me to interview or talk to, whatever the hell I'm doing. He just left. And yeah, I think that went pretty well. So, if all goes according to plan, and my guest that's going to be on next week doesn't bail on me, then I will be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. 
My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2017. Hot dang. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.